Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Gonna throw it. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. And there he goes. How about number six? You don't get no better than that, man. This is the Mazad Cast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to Homecoming Weekend. And uh, I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. Welcome to the Mazad Cast. With me, as always, is uh, Chancellor Bowen Lofton's mustache groomer, Colin Anthony. Hey, thanks for having me. And uh, not with us today, unfortunately, Brian Goers re-aggravated an old torn labia injury, so uh, Brian's on the mend. Yep, yep. We wish him the best. Yeah, it would be a good weekend for him to be here, because it was an interesting mm. homecoming weekend. The uh, Tigers took on the mighty Florida Gators, who climbed to 11. Mighty indeed. Yeah, they climbed to number 11 in the polls after a big win against Ole Miss. And then a lot of the uh, talking heads around the nation thought, well, they're going to get a little breather against Missouri. And they did. Yeah. <laughs> turned out we, we were bad at yep. football. Not very good at playing football. Um, we were only half bad, let's say that, because uh, Missouri has, has continues to have a strong defense, and I stand by that. that they, they looked really good, uh, with the exception of the first quarter. Um, I will say this about the defense. There's very little you can say negatively about the defense. They did... Uh, on the first two scoring plays, um, I saw, you know, we've, we've dealt with the tight ends having the free releases, and they seem to maybe, I hope they've got that figured out, at least I didn't see it in this game. I noticed on a couple different times, especially on one time in particular where we were trying to, it was like third and, third down, four to go, and we're trying to force them off the field, and nobody followed the, the uh, running back out of the backfield. Nobody covered him. He just ran out of the backfield. Uh, Florida's quarterback just made a nice little lollipop throw to him, picked up six yards and there's the the first down so i saw that a couple times in the first couple series where nobody decided to cover anybody coming out of the backfield but aside from that you know after you get past the first quarter and, and the the touchdowns and uh, missouri's defense was extremely stout and i think open probably opened some eyes in the sec i really don't feel like much sec mizzou football had been watched by the sec network in particular no um up until this point so um, i know i heard on the booger and burns podcast or they were talking about smoke and mirrors, and I heard another SEC analyst talk about uh, uh, Florida's defensive line, and then Mizzou's is uh, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just <laughs> literally used the words okay. I mean, I think after having watched this game, he's probably changed that tune. What that tells me is he hadn't watched a fucking single snap of Mizzou football yet. Obviously, he's an SEC analyst. Um, but the thing is, Colin, imagine how good this defense would be if they didn't have to be on the field 75% of the fucking time. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, that's the problem with Missouri. They have literally no goddamned offense. The offense is abysmal. And, uh, you know, without Drew Locke threw a pick six, a 40 yard pick six, which changed mm-hmm. the dynamic of the game, made it a 21 to three difference, which is completely in, uh, insurmountable, insurmountable given the fact that we could not generate any offense. Um, but if, should we have been able to, we were looking at a 14-3 to game. The defense was keeping them in that game absolutely against yep. the number 11 team in the country. And uh, it's so frustrating to watch. And I got to thinking as I was watching that game, there were teams, Texas Tech rings a bell in the last several years, a team that can put up 50 points in a game, obviously, or easily, but uh, may lose because they allow 60 yeah. points. Um, I almost would prefer to have that sort of team because at least it's fun to watch when your team's throwing mm-hmm. deep shots and making Sheesh. big plays. Yeah, this is almost it's in, it's unbearable. Yeah, this this brutal you know punt grind punt punt, punt punt grind it out thing where we're absolutely unable to put down any sort of yardage together, um, and, and then 
we know that our offensive line has been bad. We knew that Florida had a great defense. We, we, and we had this glimmer of hope against South Carolina that the new arrival of Drew Locke would change things. And, and you know, I, it was even I knew it, with my deep, deep love of Drew Locke that it was overblown, that sure. the, oh, freshman quarterback can only provide so much. But what we saw was that while fans had been screaming to get Locke off, Mock off the field, um, the problems go beyond Matty Mock. Yeah, I mean, who knows how bad Mock actually is? Because he's no pretty one, bad. He's, he's pretty bad. <laughs> but there's, you know, n- no matter who you put out there, you put the fucking Peyton Manning out there, Aaron Rodgers, he's going to struggle against. Well, Brendan, with this game plan, I think you're right. I mean, I, I, um, Mock or not Mock, but Locke didn't have a good game, and you can't. What? <laughs> you can't sugarcoat that. Hot lock, mock talk. But <clears throat> that being said, you know, against uh, South Carolina, we had this game plan. Like, uh, we got a new quarterback, and he's going to be, you know, maybe this might be a little overwhelming for him. We're just going to play a little, you know, quick timing route. Here's a slant, some some pitch and catch football, nothing too complicated, nothing. Right. You know, we're just going to get it out quick. We're going to give the kid. Take advantage of knowing that they're going to get past their offensive line. Yeah, exactly. And then. So, because South Carolina, South Carolina doesn't have a great defense by any stretch of the imagination, but it was, you know, we got a rookie, we got a rookie, we have a freshman quarterback here, mm-hmm. you know. But now in his second game, we've gained so much confidence in this um, <laughs> quarterback, and f- inexplicably in our offensive line, that now we're going to run play action constantly. Mm-hmm. We're going to be sending receivers on deep routes with double moves. Yeah, completely different than yeah, last week. It's like. No, you fucking idiot, Henson. The the game plan you needed for this game was the exact game plan you had last game. I mean, listen, sometimes you run play action to slow down the pass rush a little bit. But ultimately, when when Drew Locke is turning to fake the handoff and there's already somebody standing there, you don't have time for a five-step drop. Or, well, we don't have five-step drops because we're always in the shotgun. But regardless, you have no time for trickeration. I mean – and Henson was so in love with the play action. I mean, it, for the first two or three series, it was every fucking snap we were trying to do this play action. And also, play action doesn't work when your running game isn't scary. And our running game is not scary. So you don't have to worry about them going for the the, the tailback. They're not yeah. going to. The the well, well-oiled and cooked Jesse Palmer would be showing you the the... the the replay and I'm sitting here watching the replays and I'm watching all these receivers run deep routes and you've got one drag route underneath it's you're tied in if it's covered I mean the receivers literally don't haven't broken into their into their route yet they haven't got their head turned around to receive a pass by the time somebody's in the backfield with Drew Locke and his only you know safety net is a tight end who's completely covered mm-hmm. which is when you see him backpedaling running scared running for his life throwing the ball out of bounds I mean Honestly, I felt like Drew Locke did a really good job of avoiding sacks yesterday, he given did. the tremendous amount of pressure he was under the entire game. He took a few sacks, but anybody would have taken a few Drew sacks. Drew Locke under made that a pressure. couple of bad decisions, but I can't imagine the amount of bad decisions Matty Mock would have made in the same circumstances. Mm-hmm. The decision making by this coaching staff to put him in this predicament time and time again was just it, the Ishwitter. I mean, do you not have eyes? I, I mean, at this point, my biggest gripe with the Missouri Tigers is the coaching staff. And Lord knows we've sainted Gary Pinkle and he's above reproach at this point. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana. Where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
because of what he's done for our program. But at some point, you got to open your fucking eyes. That's ridiculous. You know, Ish Witter is a third-string running back at best. And Tyler Hunt may only be a second-string running back, but that's still better than third-string. And by God, if Russell Hansborough isn't healthy enough to play football, then keep him off the field. I don't understand it, though, Brendan. He looks healthy enough to play, the, you know, to, to play football. They give, him a, they give him a couple carries. He makes big runs. And then, inexplicably, he doesn't play again for a quarter of the game. One can only assume that he's hurting really bad, and he makes one of those beats off, you know, gets one of these big plays, and then he comes off onto the sideline, and his ankle is screaming at him. And he can't I go guess, back out I hope there. so. If Honestly, if that's but the case, then don't why is he playing? Yeah, don't you know, play Red him. shirt the motherfucker. Give him an injury red shirt, and we'll deal with him next year. And Because it, it, obviously, what's the, what do we lose? Because right now, if you take Russell Hansborough out of the equation, you give him an injury red shirt, what are you left with? You're left with Ish Witter slamming into the back of our offensive line. Well, you have other options, but if you're the Missouri coaching staff, you refuse to look at other fucking <laughs> options. Yeah. And t- Tyler Hunt, we've talked about it over and over again. The fans are talking about it. The newspapers have started talking about it. Tyler Hunt may not be anything better than Ish Witter. But to this point, we'll never fucking know because they won't even play. I told my wife when I was at the game with her, I saw Tyler Hunt was in the backfield. I said, well, this is not a running play because yep. Tyler Hunt's in the backfield. Yep. They will not run the ball to him. And sure enough, it was a shitty play action, which went nowhere. Yeah, it's, that's what I mean about open your – are they not watching the same game? I mean, are they – again, you, Josh Henson, it takes him four series, series to stop running play action. When if you're watching on television and you know anything about the game of football, you would have stopped after the after the fourth time your quarterback ended up with his guts all over the field mm-hmm. by a fucking a defensive lineman. It, you know, Tyler Hunt would be getting some carries. Here's know? my thought about Josh Henson because he has uh, two years ago when we had the likes of Doriel Green Beckham and, and Washington and those good receivers, um, we could basically do no wrong downfield we threw it down there those guys would bring it in last year our offense was really bad there's Mm -hmm. no way there's no other way to cut it we we won despite our offense last year and this year our offense is so bad that we can't win uh despite them well the only really consistently good part of our offense last year and not even i wouldn't say even consistent but we had a running game right you know that's that's right that bailed us out this year we don't have a running game or a passing game and so What's that leave us in the world of offense if you can't run or pass? <laughs> I don't know. I guess you could run a lot of fake punts. So here's my thinking. I mean, we got rid of uh, Yost. The people, the, the Mizzou fans were calling for Yost's head a long time. And then when we get rid of Yost, anybody seemed better. And I think that's where Josh Henson was able to carry himself. But I really am starting to call that guy in question because our offense is such fucking hot garbage. Well, and it's hot, not just um Henson either. I mean, Gary Pinkle has to approve this game plan. He looked at the game plan that, that, that Henson laid out and said, yeah, our offensive line is good enough to do this. Right. I mean, uh, under what circumstances? Mm-hmm. And, and I know I bitched about it before, but, but Gary Pinkle keeps talking about how he's a process program. We just, we're a process. It doesn't matter who we're playing and where we are. It does matter where you are. The process is stupid. Change your process. Change your game plan when things are not working. You know, you can't just say because we've had a few good years of success that we got to stick to it. It's, it's just stubbornness at this point. Change things that don't work. That's itself a process, one that I prefer. Well, and I, you know, a lot of those play action passes that uh, Drew Locke was throwing in the first quarter, um, I saw running lanes. I mean, if he would have handed the ball off, there was room to run. And the problem yeah, is, is you get do down it. by 14 points and you can't start doing that. I really feel like we had an opportunity in this game early to establish the running game. And we I, didn't because they were so enamored with their new toy and Drew Locke that they were like, fuck it, we're going we're gonna to play action pass. We're going to take the top off the defense. And we're just going to, fuck it, we're going downfield. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't make any sense. A game ago, you admittedly had the offense playing a very tight, tight conservative pitch and catch game plan because he of his youth. And then in game two against the 11th ranked team in the fucking nation with a consensus you know the best defense in the fucking fl- in the Conference. SEC. Now all of a sudden he's we're going to change gonna, everything up. Fuck it, we're going deep. Is you know that I mean? a process? Is that a process team or is that a bullshit team? Well, I think it. I think it is uh, proof that the coaches, like the fans, can become enamored with a new toy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Everybody can see the 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 talent of Drew Locke. and like you said, Brennan, even when he's failing, he's succeeding. You know what I mean? He's he's. You know, he he got himself out of a couple of sacks. He made one run, play to uh, 
to the running back where he threw the ball out of a sack. I mean, mm-hmm. he yeah, is a good cool. quarterback and is only going to get better. And everybody can see that, including the coaching staff. And they have fallen in love with that idea. And they, I think they really thought he was Peyton Manning. And right. it's like, it doesn't matter what the other team does. Drew Locke will just pick him apart. Well, no, Drew Locke can't pick him apart because... Um, it doesn't have that kind of time. You know, because McNulty and... and Abel or Abel and Ablin, or whoever, McGovern, all of them. I mean, whoever they they put back there can't hold a block for ten tenths of a second. I mean, he, he just he screwed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and we knew Florida was going to give us fits, mm-hmm. but we thought. Well, we knew that, Brennan. Yeah. We knew that. I'm not sure the the coaching staff for Mizzou. I mean, obviously, based on the the play calling, the game plan, they assumed our offensive line would work. They, they Actually, did. work. Our offense was based on the Florida. idea that our our offense was based on the idea that we could hold Florida's defensive line, which is an insanely um, flawed presumption. Really, what drives me crazy is for against the Arkansas states of the fucking world and the Yukons and. We're constantly throwing lateral passes, screen passes, lateral bubble screens to the outside, little dump-off passes, everything's short, everything. Against a team that has a pass rush where you honestly have to have draw plays and you have to, you know, you have to offset that pressure, we did mm-hmm. none of that. Bucket, our offensive line can handle it. Here, let's send the tight end out down the post in a double move. It's going to take six seconds to develop, but fuck it. Who cares? We, our line will hold up. It's, we've got Evan Bame and nobody else. I'm sure that'll work out. Yeah. What the? Oh, it was incredibly frustrating. It reminded me, people were saying, um, you know, oh, this is the most frustrating game I've ever watched. The most frustrating game I ever watched was last year against Georgia, but it was the exact same reason. We could do absolutely nothing on offense. And the only thing that made this any better was that I, it was it was actually fun to watch our defense play, especially in that third quarter where we did nothing but exchange punts sure. other than that pick six. Um, third down, six, third down and eight, third down and two, Florida could not move the ball. And, I mean, mm-hmm. if this is the number 11 team in the country, watch the fuck out because uh, Missouri could play with them. It was, 14, it was a 14-3 to three well, game. Well, they rolled up nearly 500 yards offense uh, against, thought, oh, against against Old Miss yeah. and uh, four touchdowns and no interceptions. I mean, you could take nothing away from Mizzou's defense. I the mean, only thing they didn't do was create turnovers. Yeah. If we'd have created a turnover or two, that could have bailed out the offense. I, I'll you can't this. expect the defense to bail you out every time. Arion Penton shows you every game while he's a defense, why he's a defensive back and not a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because he, no, drops, yeah. he drops three interceptions a game. Now, granted, he's such an awesome defensive back because he's always in position to make that play. But he's also, if he caught those balls... He'd be a wide receiver. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I don't know that he's a worse uh, receiver than our actual receivers. I mean, they shown the exact special ability to let balls fall on the ground. One of uh, Drew Locke's best thrown balls was to Nate Brown, in which he proceeded to fucking drop. And uh, it, the, Colin mentioned before that we started recording that there weren't as many drops in this game, but really it was just because there weren't as many opportunities. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Drew the receivers was... didn't get open. That was their big crime today. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many times you look in the back and the uh, replay where Drew Locke is obviously trying to throw somebody open. You know what I mean? He's mm-hmm. trying to put it in a window where only his player can catch it because <laughs> because they're blanketed. And granted, you know, uh, Florida has a good secondary and has been known for to have a good secondary. Um, you know, they the, that Graves, the third guy, is supposed to be the, one of the best corners in the nation. Though I didn't hear his name called. Maybe that's because we didn't ever throw at him because we were mm-hmm. one of the uh, few smart things we did. Maybe, but um, nobody got open. And then Locke was forced into a position where he's trying to throw the ball way out in front of somebody, trying to make, hoping they'll stretch out and get there. I mean, like, you could see him trying to throw people open. Yeah, and and that's one of those things where it's like you can't expect your quarterback, especially a f- freshman, true freshman quarterback who's starting his second game ever, to do it all by himself. And uh, the, the frustrating thing to me, when it goes back to Henson and Pinkle, it's just, I know it's a rebuilding year. I realize that unless you're in Alabama – you're going to have these down years, but you can't excuse an entire side of the ball, an entire offense to be this deficient. You expect your offense to not be clicking and to make a lot of mistakes and possibly lose your games. But this is embarrassing. I mean, you look at our offensive statistics. We're one of the worst offenses in the entire nation, in yeah. the entire nation. Well, it's gotten to the point where you, you really do go. These guys, when I, I keep saying it, open your eyes. I mean, Matty Mock has basically been was bad most of last season. He was bad to start out these games, and it took him slinging rock to get sus- sus- and get suspended for Gary Pinkle to take him out. Allegedly, allegedly, I, and um, it, then you got 
Tyler Hunt, who inexplicably seems to be a better running back than Ish Witter, but doesn't play. Right. You know what I mean? You have a offensive line that's terrible, but you build a offensive game plan around them being able to do their job. I mean, it is as if they are stubbornly going to stick to whatever the plan is, despite circumstance. And I got a news for Gary Pinkle. This is college football, so if you suck and lose and lose and lose, you don't get a good draft pick at the end of the year. There's no reward for being shitty. Yeah. Um, well, the, that's we they had like one of the top, a uh, couple of the top players in the nation that were going to be defensive linemen at this game. Do you know right, what I mean? Right. And granted, I'm their 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 defense probably made those kids feel pretty good about coming to Mizzou, but their offense certainly didn't. No. And Brendan, we're talking about a, a seasoned veteran offensive line. You know what's behind these kids. Yeah, you know, if I know. These that's, are, if that's this is the best we've got, it doesn't. It, not only does it say bad things for this season, it doesn't say very good things for the seasons to come. Is Drew Locke going to be? Are we ever going to get to see Drew Locke at his best, or is he going to spend his entire time scrambling. as a Mizzou quarterback scrambling for his fucking life? Yeah, at this point, take out our seniors and put in our rookie, our freshmen and freshmen and sophomore, and let them get some you know time. I, I, they can't be worse, and it also doesn't speak well to one thing either. AJ Ricker, our offensive line coach. If you have a seasoned senior offensive line, how can they be this bad? Mm-hmm. That that again goes back to coaching. So and and you know the the thing that frustrates me the most is because our defense is so good and because the SEC East this year is, is so eminently winnable. Georgia just got beat by Tennessee. Florida they beat us, but with any kind of offense, I think we win this game. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, you know, other than that, Tennessee is up and down. They're schizophrenic completely. And Butch Jones, even if we're bad, Butch Jones will find a way to lose it for them in the last two minutes. <laughs> this East could be won again, but because our offense has continually gotten worse over the last three years, there's not a shot at that happening. And it's incredibly frustrating because it's a waste of like a, one of the best defenses in, in the conference. God, pair any kind of offense, the mildly competent offense with this defense, and you've got yourself a winning football team. Yeah, I think um... – a change at uh, af- or at offensive coordinator. If I mean, obviously, it's not going to happen in the season. But in and it, no one in Gary Pinkle is not going to happen in the offseason either. But something needs to change. You mentioned Brennan. This is the third year in the row where we've been on the decline in offense, and I do not want an offensive co- coordinator who's this blind to circumstance doing the coaching for Drew Locke. You know, yeah. I don't want. You know, circumstances dictate a game, but one 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 thing that I've always aggravated me about Gary Pinkle is like you know he never has been a coach that seems to recognize circumstance. He has got a game plan, whether it be with his coaches, his players, the game itself, and he's going to stick to it, and there's no changing. And mm-hmm. one of the reasons, one of the things that people will tell you about Bill Belichick, who is in the consensus like the best football coach on the planet, is that his team doesn't do the same thing week in, week out. He looks at the team he's playing, and everything can change. One of the playoff games he's famous for winning against the Colts when they were in the, the height of the Peyton Manning stardom was you know they played this three four defense and they completely changed their defense what they played for an entire game they went into practice that way and they did something they did things they didn't do all season long they completely changed their they went to like a four three they didn't do zone they went man i mean they just because they knew peyton manning had been studying them all week long and so billichick's like fuck it we're gonna do nothing we've ever done before and they won on their way to like their first super bowl gary pinkle would never do that <laughs> you know he'd never do that He's gonna. He's got his way of doing things, and if that doesn't work, fuck it. Great story. Thanks. Yeah, I, I agree, a hundred percent. It's, um, it's. I don't know. I, here's one thing I'm gonna say that I never thought you'd hear come out of my mouth. I can't wait for Sean Culkin to get back in this game. Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> Sean Culkin. When we, I mean, our def- our offense has been terrible for the entire season, but uh, when Matty Mock was in there, he was. One guy that always seemed to be able to pick you up six, seven, eight yards and catch the ball reliably this season. And he's hurt Culkin. He hurt his knee and hasn't been back in. Jason Reese has done, he did well last week. You didn't hear him much this week, but you didn't hear much of anybody this week. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I heard Jamon Moore's name called once. Uh, Yeah. He caught the, uh, on that first series where where, um, Locke was was cooking, basically, Mm -hmm. where he went up top twice in a row. Jamon Moore caught the ball at the five-yard line and stepped out. That's if he right. had That's a little right. more body control, that would have been a touchdown. Yeah. Um, so even when J. Mars Moore does something right, he pisses me off with <laughs> something. But Yeah, well, why don't we take a break, on Cool down. We need to. Okay, let's do that, and we'll come back and uh, yell some more. So, okay. This is the Mazodcast. <laughs> 
stop. Don't throw that used cell phone away. Sell it to Midmo iFix. Midmo iFix buys and sells used cell phones that include a 30-day warranty. So if you lost your phone overboard, the screen's cracked, or the phone's broken, stop into Midmo iFix and see Kevin. And if you have no use for that old phone, turn it into cash. Midmo iFix, located next to Emo's Pizza on Osage Beach Parkway. 573-694-8795. Midmo iFix. Phones fixed fast. The Mazodcast, your source for contagious erectile dysfunction. Well, Colin, it's week two of uh, October, Octoberfest indeed. What are your thoughts looking in two weeks into the Drew Lock era? Well, I'll say this I was uh, much more optimistic for a Locktoberfest as a. Uh, uh, before this game, mm-hmm. though I will say this: uh, you're gonna not be. I mean, uh, well, we got Georgia next, Jesus. Yes, we do. Uh, uh, at Georgia, I mean, it, I feel sorry for Drew Locke. Honestly, he's probably questioning his his decision to come to Missouri at this point behind this offensive line. Well, why don't we just pick up our Stein and enjoy some Oktoberfest music? All right, that's enough of that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, Georgia is going to devastate us. Uh, almost hope that uh, they lift Matty Mock's suspension next week and let uh, Georgia take it to Matty Mock. <sighs> I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't. Under no circumstances do I want Matty Mock to touch a football again. Yeah. That being said, uh, what about an eight ball? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's going to be touching. Pl- he touches plenty of those. But that be. I, I don't know. There is there is hope even against Georgia, Brennan. Not that we'll win, but it'll be better than this. I mean, if Do you our think coach, so, I don't I know mean, why if, you'd have any confidence. Brennan, if our so. coaching staff will recognize the limitations of our offensive line and our team in general and build a game plan around that, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? A quick screen game, a, a you know timing routes, some slants versus you know this. Like I said, the the play action deep route double move. You know everything. These hugely long developmental plays against a good defense. I mean, if they'll basically take the South Carolina game plan mm-hmm. and and start taking it to teams that warrant that game plan, because truthfully, I think you know against North South Carolina there was a chance that this game plan could have worked. I feel like there's an opportunity that Drew Locke could have probably thrown for 400 yards and four touchdowns against South Carolina. Mm-hmm. I don't begrudge their game plan. I think it was smart game plans. Yeah, but it, you turn it around, and then, especially considering Florida would have looked at that game tape and like, "Oh, Locke's going to try to take the top off." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's going to go crazy, and then you would have done this little pitch and catch, quick hitter offense, and kind of caught Georgia sleep or Florida sleeping. But um, well, that's know. what Florida kind of did for to us in the first quarter. I mean, there was nothing complicated about Florida's offense. It was a little dink and dunk stuff, and it yeah. was catching us. It was problems. exactly what. We you would expect yeah, Mizzou yeah. to do. Well, do you want to play a little blame game? You want to get it out of your system? I do. All I right, do. let's do it. Let's fire it up. Well, Colin, draw out of this hat. What do you? What'd you pick? I got Drew Locke. Okay. Well. You've got 30 seconds. So there's not much Go. to blame Drew Locke for here other than he made a few bad throws and, and questionable throws. He forced that throw that got intercepted for the pick six. That was a bad throw, and that was not that was on uh, Drew Locke. But given the circumstances all game where he's uh, – I mean, he, you could see he was seeing ghosts at some point. Even when there wasn't a rush, he was getting he was scared to death because our offensive line is so bad. So he did as well as one could expect to do with no offensive line at all. <laughs> All right, there you go. So very little blame for him, honestly. All right, well, I drew uh, Henson. Josh Henson, our offensive coordinator, and I will Do we go. need to play this game beyond this one section? <laughs> this might be all we need. And I'll go, Josh Henson, your offense lacks creativity. Your offense lacks responsiveness to situations. Your offense fails in every facet an offense can fail. You are a complete failure at your job this season. You draw a huge paycheck, and uh, it's footed by the state taxpayers. You're a total failure. I am sick of your offense, and I would like to see something different by a different offensive coordinator. Anytime, I'd be happy with it. Hmm, I agree with most of that, yeah. Okay. Colin, your Let's hat. Let's see. I drew running backs. Okay, running backs, and okay. go. So 
I don't know that I how much you blame the running backs. I mean, they're being put in a position to fail. Again, this offensive line is terrible, and it's not Ish Witter's fault that Gary Pinkle keeps putting him in the game. I mean, I wish Ish Witter had the principles and uh, fortitude to be like, Coach, have you not noticed I'm not very good? Please don't put me in the game. I wish he would do that, but he's not going to, and so you, and you can't expect him to. So I don't know how much I blame him, but he has been terrible, and um, that's Gary Pinkle's fault. Okay, fair enough. I drew Gary Pinkle. Gary Pinkle, a lot of what I said against Josh Henson, I'm going to throw back at you. My big gripe with you, uh, Gary Pinkle, is that you just do not seem to be aware of what is coming at you from week to week. Uh, South Carolina is the only game where you had any effectiveness, and I draw that mostly to the fact that South Carolina was bad and uh, not that we were good. This week, very winnable game, very mediocre offense, and a defense we knew what was going to bring, yet we still didn't do anything. And that ultimately comes back to coaching, as does the offensive line, as does the offensive plays. It's all on coaches. <sighs> Situational awareness. Okay. We lack it. No, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it just it, we lack it. All yeah. right, let's see here. I got uh, O line. All right. Uh, the O line. Again, you're, you guys are seniors, juniors. Uh, you still don't know how to play offensive line. I mean, nobody – I don't know how to play offensive line either, Brennan, but I've never tried to be taught before, and I'm definitely no way 300 pounds. I'd like to think that I'd be better at it than any of these gentlemen had I had the ability or the uh, coaching. But uh, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, these gentlemen don't seem to know anything about playing football. And for all that, we're brothers down here. We're the brothers. You know, you, know, you let your, get your fucking brothers get killed every week. The guy standing behind you with number three on him or number seven before him, that's your brother. And you guys are letting him get fucking murdered. So shove that brother talk up your fucking ass. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. You have to use so many cuss words. <laughs> I drew uh, wide receivers. Wide receivers. Basically, uh, I didn't see any wide receivers this week. They were not getting open, and when they were getting open, they were dropping passes. Um, I blame a lot of that on back to the offensive line, although since I have to yell at the receivers, I'm going to say, hey, learn how to run routes. I know you're young. We've been talking about how young you are, but how long can we hang our hat on being shitty to being young? At some point, you've had quite a bit of SEC experience. Catch a ball, find a way to get open, shed a back, for fuck's sake. All right, let's see here. I got Ish Witter. All right. Um, Do you need more time? I don't. I, I don't know that we even <laughs> need to spend any time on Ish Witter personally. I mean, <laughs> it's not Ish Witter's fault they put him in the game. Um, he's bad at playing football. He's not a Division One starting caliber running back. And despite the, that, uh, Gary Pinkle keeps throwing him out there. So, yes, Ish Witter's bad at playing football. That's God's fault, I guess. I. I yeah. Gary Pinkle's fault for putting in the game, God's fault for not giving him the ability. Yeah, that'll do it uh, for us, I guess. Uh, the only other thing I had here in the bottom of the hand, Gator fan jean shorts. I saw several of those around, walking around uh, Columbia. They are embarrassing. They're famous for uh, being on uh, Florida Gators fans and uh, a bunch of guys in pickup trucks with uh, Gators flags as well as Confederate flags. And truck nuts. <laughs> truck nuts, jean shorts with wallets on a chain. So uh, glad you guys could celebrate the victory in our little town, jackasses. Yep. Go fuck yourself. Fuck all right, that's the blame game, Colin. Does it make you feel any better? Not at all. <laughs> it hasn't been working, has it? No, it doesn't work. Well, let me try a little something else, Colin. I drove up a, a, another little thing for us to talk about. As you know, the uh, recruiting system, some, some fans love to talk about college football recruiting. They do. I'm not one of them. No. I no. do not care where 17-year-old kids are going to go to college. Um, I used to care about it, and then a very wise judge and a very strict a restraining order made me stop caring about 17-year-olds <laughs> going to college. But, um, no, I just don't care about recruiting. Until they're on our squad, I don't care. But a lot of people are obsessed with it. Sure. Now, there's websites devoted to it. Sure. Uh, pay websites, paywall yeah. websites. And uh, and the funny thing is they have this star rating system, five-star rating system. And they're, they're as you know, Colin, they're, it's absolutely perfect and undeniably so. Yeah, right? yeah. Okay, so. Completely Unflawed. Right. And, and because it's perfect, I wanted to play a little game called Wish Upon a Star, mm -hmm. the recruiting game. And I'm going to name some guys, and I want you to guess what they were recruited at. Are you ready for this? Sure. When you wish upon a star, makes no difference who you are. Don't you ever talk about me! Who is talking about you? Crabtree, don't you want me? I'm your dreams come 
Okay, that's a lovely song. Yeah, it is. First guy I have on the list here, Colin, is a little little fellow named Jordy Nelson. He's a wide receiver out of Kansas State, now a Green Bay Packers star. What do you think he was recruited at, Colin? I'd say he's two-star. He went to Kansas State. Kansas State doesn't get a lot of four-star, three-star recruits, do they? You said how many stars? Two. Two stars, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a nice work. Uh-huh. Well, if you play, if, like, if, you know, this may sound racist, but it's true. If you play a skill position and you're white, you're not going to get re- very highly recruited. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair enough. Hold on a second. Let's go to our next one here. Jeremy Calhoun, running back out of Oklahoma. Uh, he had 220 career college yards, uh, transferred his sophomore year to a Division three school. What was he recruited at? Well, I'm guessing since his career was so shitty that uh, the the dichotomy here is that he was a really highly re- starred athlete. So let's say four stars. Hmm. No, Jeremy was a five-star recruit. Oh, I, I missed that it's, star. I know you'd be shocked because the recruiting star system is absolutely flawless. flawless. Yeah. So anyway, uh, let's go to our next one. Victor Cruz, wide receiver out of UMass, went on to start for the New York Giants. Victor Cruz. Well, uh, like this game is a little bit almost easy to predict just from the standpoint of um, UMass is not going to get five-star recruits. So I'm going to guess two again, two-star that's right, two stars. Two stars. Funny, he was only a two-star recruit. Massive NFL star. Weird. Next one, uh, Kyle Prater, wide receiver out of USC. He transferred to Northwestern after one season. Uh, he had two career touchdowns in college. Um, five stars. <laughs> this game's getting easy. Hmm. Interesting. I, it's it's weird because this star system is flawless. Yeah. Absolutely. Isn't that right, Tower Uh Tony Romo, quarterback, Eastern Illinois, Dallas Cowboys. Well, he was undrafted and uh, Eastern Illinois, so I'm going to say one star. Did he have a star? No, he was unrated. He had yeah. zero stars. <laughs> that's pretty good. So Gabe DeArmond didn't know he existed. That's that's correct. Uh, you could have paid a lot of money and never found out about him. <laughs> okay, now Jeff Luke, linebacker out of Florida State, 23 career tackles, transferred his sophomore year to Cincinnati. Jeff Luke. Jeff Luke. Two star. I'm sorry. He was five stars. Five oh, stars I got guy. I got confused there I because should, you because yeah. he didn't do well. You would yeah, think that there's no, no way he could be a five star. Yeah, that doesn't okay. make any sense. Uh, it's like the star system doesn't mean anything at all. But it doesn't seem to correlate real well. Chris Johnson, running back, uh, Arizona Cardinals, out of East Carolina. Yeah, he last running back to rush for 2,000 yards in a season. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Based on that, Brandon, I'm going to say he had 11 stars. Uh, you know what? Mm-hmm. Sorry, he had two stars. Just two of them. Jeez. Man. That doesn't seem to make any sense at Seems all. Seems like you almost want these two three-star guys. Yeah, it's weird. Okay, now B.J. Scott, a wide receiver out of Alabama. He had two college catches, and he transferred to South Alabama. Hmm. Well, I mean, two catches in South Alabama. I'm going to go two stars. I mean, a- Man, Colin, you were starting out so good. <laughs> he has five stars. So that's strange. So weird. Why does he... Why five stars is a lot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's good players get five stars. That's apparently, strange. supposedly. Alfred Morris, running back, Florida Atlantic, uh, Washington Redskins. Yeah, I was gonna say great he was running a breakout back. star at running back. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's continued had continued success at the NFL level. I can only mean that can only mean he had five stars. Sorry again, two stars. It's very strange, Colin. It I'm is. gonna give you one more shot. I'm sure you've heard of this guy, Aaron Corp, big big quarterback out of USC. 169 career passing yards in Florida, and then he transferred to Richmond his sophomore year. Hmm. I'm going to guess he was a five-star. No, you know what? Check that. 19-star athlete. Close. Yeah, he was a 19-star uh, recruit. Yeah, a big star. Depending on who, which, which service you used. That's right. So there you have it. That is the star system of recruiting. Enjoy following all that garbage. <laughs> Am I wrong? Is it stupid? Is the entire recruiting fan base off no base. i don't think it's stupid i i think it's stupid at certain positions i mean the terry beckners of the world are big giant massive men who are easy to for anybody to pick out mm-hmm. but when you start talking about skill position players and i think you kind of alluded to that when you talk about wide receivers and quarterbacks and running backs it's it's hard to know what those guys are when they're kids yeah and uh, you can see fantastic talent but it doesn't always translate from level to level, especially from high school to college. I just don't know why it's appealing to track. You know, I, because you because it doesn't mean anything when they're sixteen or seventeen 
Why care about them until they're actually signed a letter of intent to play for your school? I don't know. I mean, I do care about them the moment they're on a roster. If somebody says, this kid was great in high school, he was a four-star athlete, and we've officially signed him, that interests me. Sure. But when I see my Twitter timeline, blah-blah-blah, visiting these schools, Mizzou, one of them, you know, he will sign a letter next year. What am I supposed to – who gives a shit? Why am I supposed to care? Yeah. What are you supposed to do? It's not like you're a recruiter, you know? Yeah. Well – Colin, we had a lot of uh, unhappy Mizzou fans, and uh, some of them called in. Here's a, here's one. Mizzoucast, first time, long time. <laughs> uh, I think it's time that we start looking and building towards the Mizzou 2018-17 season. One of those two, which one is going to be our national championship season? That's optimism. Because Reasonable. the 2015 season... <laughs> is at best an 8-4, and four, most likely a 6-6. Six and six. Hard um, to argue with that. Yep. Look at our offensive Sound line, logic. see if we need to get a new coach, because yeah. Ricker does not look like he's improving our team. I agree. Um, I want to see what uh, Andy Bauer and A.J. Harris have. Um, maybe you want to save the red shirts, I don't know. But uh, I, I've, I'm more in the dumps now. And after the loss to Kentucky, it just doesn't look like this team has the senior leadership, has the talent on the offensive line. It's really a waste of a great defensive line. Well, it's hard to argue with that. Hang up and listen. (laughs) I agree agree with all of those sentiments. Yeah, certainly about the senior leadership. That's something to talk about. I mean, obviously, the junior leadership lacks with Matty Mock because whatever he did, Cocaine, was not uh, not leadership to be suspended for at least two games. Of course, Gary Pinkle refused to take answers as to whether he would be reinstated next week or uh, how long his punishment would last. But who cares at this point? Does it even matter? No. I mean, I'm so sick of it. You know I, mean? I guess there is a question, if he's reinstated, will Pinkle, the guy we're talking about who is stubborn and refuses to change his plan, will he reinstate him as the starter? Where yeah. will he fall in the depth chart if he returns to this team? I don't think it's even worth having a conversation for. I feel like if it was something that he was going to return from, he would have returned from it. You know, All indications are, and what we do not know, is that it's a pretty big deal. It's probably drug-related. And it probably isn't going to resolve itself this season. That is what I'm being told. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I'm being told that by people who should know but the, can't verify that they do know. Well, I thought it was the voices in your head that were giving you <laughs> Well, but let's not reveal my sources. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I mean, all indications are is that he's not going to be back. And I don't want him to be back, and I don't want to have that conversation. Fuck Mock. Yeah, I mean, he was good to uh, – to I guess, hold down the fort until something better came along, and something better has come along. I feel like most of our games were won in spite of him than because of him. Sure. So let's um, let's just move ahead and not worry about what Gary Pinkle says about Mock. Don't worry about what Gary Pinkle says about anything. He, he obviously is either being completely disingenuous, you know, or and lying, or he's a retarded person. And he, no one has this much success in life being a retarded person, you know, unless you're the guy that starred in life goes on. That being said. You know, so he's he's obviously just lying, which is what coaches do to the press. So we're just not going to know mm-hmm. about you know why things are why they are doing the things that they're doing, why Matty Mock's suspended, why the game plan is the way the game plan is, why Tyler Hunt rides the pine, you know, why Ish Witter is our greatest star for some reason. Yeah, we're not going to know the answer to these things. Well, let's cleanse our pal- cleanse our palate for a little bit. I was heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas: sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. Well, it's time for Kansas News, and I'm going to give you our first story here. Out of Kansas City, Kansas. It's called Low Test Scores from Kansas Students Causes Concern Amongst Educators. Is this shocking news to you, Colin? It's shocking that it's causing any concern. (laughs) That's what it's shocking. Well, the numbers are in, and it's not good for Kansas students. The latest test scores show Kansas teachers are not doing enough to get students ready for college. The test scores show that uh, most students in Kansas are not getting an education they need to be prepared for college. But you know what upsets me about one of these articles is where this is going is that they're going to blame teachers and the education system. What they are discounting is the years of years of inbreeding that has affected these children's ability to read, write, and do math. Don't blame the teachers for the inbreeding. It's not a teacher's fault that Ma and Paul happen to be sister and brother. No. I mean, if anything – 
their heroes for trying to teach these <laughs> yeah. wildly deformed children. <laughs> yeah, I, they're heroes, Brennan. They are they're indeed. heroes. It's really tough to teach a kid math when he's got a forehead growing out of his neck. <laughs> Forearm. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, let's see. This is the first year the new common core test and of uh, the new common core test and education officials say they'll be able to just to make sure kids learn more in the classroom. More than two hundred and sixty thousand students from third grade through high school took the test, and only forty two percent of them proved to be able to be ready for college in English, and thirty four percent of them proved ready in math. Uh, it's been a challenge for Kansas teachers to transition to the common core standards, said the state, uh, which had adopted it back in twenty ten. This is the second year, the Common Core State Assessment. Last year, the test scores were thrown out due to technical glitches in the system. Sure, sure they so were. They can't even do the testing right, much less the uh, educating. Uh, while the results are disappointing, they point to just how hard it's been, not only for students to learn in a new way, but for teachers to teach the material in a new way. Education officials say they're confident things will get better from here. I agree, and it probably is difficult to teach things. Like I, I, My understanding is the Common Core standards don't allow for creationism or the fact that the world is 5,000 years old. Or completely flat. Or flat, yeah. So it's tough to teach these yeah. newfangled ideas to Kansans. Yep. So, when, uh, when, when evolution is a bigger curse word than the word cunt, it's hard mm-hmm. to teach science. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, cunt is thrown around quite a bit in Cal- <laughs> Kansas classrooms. <laughs> Let's see. More Kansas news here. Um State of Kansas sells troves of intoxicating beverages in an online auction. Uh, the state of Kansas has set up an online auction to extract every drop of revenue from a trove of liquor accumulated by regulators. Folks in the market for seventy-two bottles of brandy. Hmm? Is this is this from ni- is this story from nineteen twenty during prohibition? <laughs> what are regulators doing, yeah, Colin? It- in a way, it's 1920. It is a time warp. It is Kansas. <laughs> 36 containers of Sutter Home wine, 22 jugs of uh, Naked J Big Dill vodka, 13 flasks of Captain Morgan, and an array of other flavored intoxicating beverages can peruse offerings uh, by touring a Manhattan-based online auction site. The menu includes a 100 half-dozen bottles of Kansas State University Alumni Association's 2004 Chardonnay, as well as containers of... Pennywise Chardonnay and Boone's Farm Pink Wine, which I think is pretty popular in Kansas. <laughs> Opening bids on six separate lots, some of more than 2,000 bottles, were a mere $10. The auction closed on September 28th. I think my the biggest surprise I have from this entire story is that Kansas residents are expected to be ordered anything on the line. I didn't mm-hmm. realize the internet was a thing in, in Kansas. I think they drive over to the state line or they drive up next to the state line and hop on our Wi-Fi. Well, that would uh, be uh, – that would – that would in, assume that they know how to turn on a computer, or I mean, well, I, I have stolen computers. I mean, they do a lot of. <laughs> I guess. Uh, well, it, it's given them a lot of credit. Janine Caranda, spokesperson for the Kansas Department of Revenue, said the liquor stash was collected by the Kansas Alcohol Beverage Control. The regulatory division of the Revenue Department takes possession of enough booze to hold a couple auctions a year. The hey, li- mm-hmm. Can I just say that with the budget crisis that is Kansas is always in, let's just close down this part of our. Their their government. Why are they? Why are they? What is what is going on when they're apprehending alcohol? Well, let me tell you. The liquor is acquired from owners of restaurants, bars, and stores that uh, can't legally sell spirits uh, abandoned by previous operators of those businesses because they lack liquor licenses. The state schedules aggregated sales when necessary to clear out the merchandise. Proceeds from auctions are deposited in the state's general treasury. So I guess that's how it happens or why. I don't know, Colin. It's a fucked up state. If we haven't picked up on that by now, <laughs> you haven't listened to enough Kansas news. Yeah. More the fool me. Kansas high school secretary denies sex allegations. Hmm. Um, superintendent of Chaparral High School said he will not comment about claims made by secretary under investigation for having sex with a student. Superintendent Josh Schwartz gave KWCH this statement. We haven't had a new evidence presented to us since Tuesday evening. The investigation is in the hands of law enforcement at this point. We have n- no further comment at this time. We also talked to residents in Anthony about the allegations. Some told us they didn't know what the rumors were and what they were not. We don't know the facts. And so people are concerned and praying for our community and also for the people involved, said Anthony resident Campbell Matthews. Britain, is the secretary hot or not? I mean, that's, that's such a huge huge portion of these stories well it's an excellent question colin and it's obviously the first one anybody should be concerned with um i took took a look on the online intrepid journalist that you are yeah and i will say um not 
um, not the worst thing in the world. Certainly great for Kansas. Sure. Probably the, one of the better looking women in the state of Kansas. I, I think it's. I think it's. This is a good time to point out that there's a difference between hot and fuckable. Sure, sure. You know Would I mean? you want to elaborate on that? Well, I mean, somebody who's hot is hot. They're obviously very, very attractive. Fuckable just means that you would have intercourse with them. I mean, that's just, you know, there's a lot of people that fall, at least for myself and you, a lot of people, and for Brian, good Lord, oh, I mean, fall into that category. Of course, he has he, his only eyes now are on his uh, new lover that he's taken. Yeah, he has taken a lover. Right. Let's see. The Kansas high school secretary is speaking out after she was accused of having sex with a student. The invest- Good for her. Oh, no, I mean bad. That's bad. <laughs> the investigation is ongoing um, in Harper County. is being handled by the KBI, which I assume is Kansas Bureau of Investigations. That's yes. like the FBI, but but made of three-toothed meatheads. With, <laughs> yeah, yokels. With uh, eighth-grade education. Yeah. The secretary accused so Dana Craig, it. said none of the allegations are true. Shocking that she would say that. She said the rumors began last week in an online app for students called After School. The comments posted anonymously claim she had sex with a high school student. Craig told Eyewitness News she has fully denied these rumors. Colin, we got another caller. You want, you want to interrupt Kansas News for a second? Absolutely. All right, who's on the phone with us? Corey. Corey, where are you calling from? Columbia. Okay, hey, thanks for joining us. What would you call about? I am calling... Everybody, everybody thinks that this mock lock thing is a... Like a big issue. Yeah. But, I mean, no offense, everybody knew this year that Mizzou, it, it, there's no way that Mizzou was going to three-peat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because our whole defensive line is young. Our offensive line, they're all seniors, but we don't have the offensive line like Alabama where it's like the top five recruits on offensive line every year. Right. People need to realize that Dinkle, he, he, he's not saving by any means, but saving got, you know, took a team that was already established and just made them better. Dinkle took a 3-8 and team for like 60 years in a row and made them into a powerhouse. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I yeah. mean, like, yeah, granted, he makes stupid calls uh-huh. a lot. But, I mean, he gets paid $4 million a year for a reason. But people need to realize they took Mock out because apparently messed up. I don't know why. I don't know how. I don't really Yeah, we care. don't know cocaine reasons. I What's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> but, I you mean, sure, cocaine? You don't know why he did it? <laughs> what he did? <laughs> well, I mean, there's, in Columbia, there's speculations on everything. Sure, uh-huh. sure. <laughs> but, I don't know because nobody really wants to come out and say, hey, this dude's a crackhead or whatever. This dude <laughs> stole crab legs. Yeah. <laughs> Sir, I would never say, speculate cocaine what he did. I would never cocaine yeah, say that. This is just a kid. We wouldn't want to go out on a limb and sell someone his name cocaine <laughs> before actually knowing all the facts cocaine. James yeah. Winston was stealing crab legs. Other people have been known for doing drugs. Mm hmm. Especially at Mizzou. So, I mean. Which would you rather have your quarterback do, steal crab legs or sell cocaine? <laughs> hypothetically yeah hypothetically personally he is personally I wouldn't give a shit <laughs> mm-hmm. wins are what matter right dude, he, yeah. he throws incompletions he throws interceptions but one thing he does do is win mm-hmm. <laughs> so I mean whatever he's doing obviously it, it, it works 50% of the time. kids if you're listening out there Corey has just endorsed that you do cocaine as long as it helps your football game yeah, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't, it's illegal, but but that is a, that like, is in fact an endorsement for cocaine. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna mark that. We'll just go with that. Yeah. yeah. Well, so uh, well, let me ask you one question before we let you go. Uh, for the rest of the season, would you do you care if we had Mock back or Lock, or what would you do if you were Coach Pinkle? Assuming Mock was available. Honestly, Mock only has a year left on what was he's a he's a he's a junior this year right yeah he has one year left he's never going to be an NFL quarterback he's never going to be a Canadian Football League quarterback I mean you might as well keep walking there because I mean he's got three years after this year where he can maybe probably not ever going to happen but maybe lead us to a top five team or four top four team because we have. Everybody that plays for us is all freshmen, it seems mm-hmm. like. Except for a damned offensive line. Junior. 
actually have a team. Yeah. Well, thanks for calling, Corey. To stop, go, we need offense linemen. He has seventy-two defense linemen. We get it. <laughs> get <offense> <laughs> we do get it. Yeah, <laughs> we agree with you a hundred and ten percent, Corey. Thanks for calling in. All right, thank you. All right, well, there you go. Well, Kansas News took a turn, but that will happen. Don't I you think, enjoyed Paul? that. Yeah. Do one last thing, I guess, about Kansas. Did they play football yesterday, Colin? I honestly don't know, Brennan. Yeah. Uh, who cares? Yeah, who cares? Here, uh, here. Let me tell you. I don't know whether they played football or not. I assume they did. Um, what I can promise you, if they did play football, they lost miserably. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna just you don't no need to look it up. Leave the Google machine off. Mm-hmm. They lost. Yeah, just watch playoff baseball. Sure. Yeah, there's enough NFL and playoff baseball going on. There's really no need no, no need to check into the no, University of Kansas football team. Yeah. Oh, you know, I did see that they played. <laughs> He <laughs> played yesterday because I got a number of tweets with overhead shots of their stadium. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah, uh, it was not it was not a good sight. Uh, no. there, were, there were easily thirty to forty people at that football game. Yep. So anyway, uh, I guess we the only thing we haven't done this week, Colin, is go around the horn with the SEC. Yep. I guess let's let's do that. Jesus loves football. Well. Colin, you want to fire up the old Paul Finebot? I sure do. Okay, let's get it. Nick Saban, Nick Saban. All right. Hello, Paul. Paul, how are you doing? You ready to go? Let's get started. All, All right. right. So let's take a look at what went on uh, this week. I'll be honest, Colin. Other than our game against Florida, uh, there's really only one game of substance that was of any surprise. Uh, let's get right to that. Georgia played Tennessee. Yes, they did. And, um, you know, it was at Tennessee. Tennessee has looked pretty miserable this year, and uh, they somehow beat the highly vaunted Georgia Bulldogs. Yep, they all rallied behind the eyebrowless wonder that is Joshua Dobbs and his smooth, sloped forehead, and uh, he led them to victory. Mm-hmm. Yep. 38-31. to 31. Is there any team that's more proficient than shitting down both legs and ruining their season than Georgia? Um, Auburn. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Kentucky. I, uh, well, I mean, Paul, you're kind of shitting on my point a little bit. Vanderbilt. Ultimately, the difference between the Kentucky and the Vanderbilt and the Georgia is Georgia actually has a chance to do something right. on paper, and they sh- they they ruin it. You know, they don't every year. Every year. I mean, if you didn't buy into the Tennessee hype, like I didn't certainly didn't buy into it, um, then Tennessee's, you know having a shit season isn't shocking you like it is all the sec masterminds you know but right uh, but ultimately yeah tennessee was not going to be very good and i knew that and anybody that watched tennessee football last year should have known that but mm-hmm. um georgia should everybody been who good. did watch tennessee football in uh, knoxville uh they did not know that they well, thought they were going to win uh, the sec i tell you what i didn't know is that uh georgia was going to you know piss itself though based on every previous year i should have known oh what do you think it means for uh, old coach Richt? He's on the hot seat anyway. Listen, if I was a Georgia fan, I'd be calling for his head, too. You know what? I mean, granted, they played a lot different level of team than us, but they're 4-2 and two, Missouri. They have, the, truthfully, they've, they've had a legitimate, legitimately should have had an expectation to win the East for the past, let's say, three to four years, and they haven't won it yet. And it doesn't look like they're going to win it this year. Nope. So, yeah, I mean, when you like continuously fail to meet expectations, that typically costs you your job. Especially in a place like Georgia where expectations are um, unrealistically, unrealistically high. high. Let's blast through the rest of these scores and look at next week. Uh, LSU put a whipping on South Carolina. Mr. That game was played in LSU due to uh, hurricane conditions in South Carolina. It didn't matter. Fournette ran it. I think uh, that's why South Carolina agreed oh, to do it. Lord. It didn't really matter. Yeah. yeah, Fournette was his own hurricane. Uh, Alabama struggled a little bit with uh, Arkansas, but they finally came to their senses in the fourth quarter, and they beat them 27-14. Yep. Uh, Missouri played Florida. I don't know how that went. I don't want to know. Uh, Ole Miss uh, won fifty-two to three. Back to their high-scoring ways, but this time against uh, New Mexico State. Yep, one who, of those tough out-of-conference games. Who's uh, sitting at zero and five? You got to really salute that. Uh, you know, schedule. non-con schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, Mississippi State played another tough one against Troy. They won forty-five to seventeen, one and four. I don't know. I didn't hear Paul Feinbaum say that their their schedule was embarrassing. Like he no, did against, I, I didn't honestly watch a lot of Feinbaum this week. Um, so. But I mean, I'm just saying that he always bitches mm-hmm. about yeah. Missouri's non-conference schedule, and then you look at Troy and uh, New Mexico State. Yep. What are we? How are we any different? 
Next week, Colin, um, Auburn is going up against Kentucky. And Barn this, burner. Well, I'll be honest. This might be a year Kentucky thinks we can fucking beat Auburn, you know, and why not? Auburn hasn't proven to be able to beat anybody decisively, so Auburn, why not Kentucky? Auburn's now three and two, zero uh, and two in conference play, and Kentucky's four and one, two and one in conference play. Yeah, I'd be interested. You're going to make a pick on this one. Oh, where are they at? They're at Kentucky. Fuck it, I'll go with Kentucky. We got to pick an upset, right? Yeah, I'm going to take Kentucky too. So, um, next game. Old Miss plays Memphis, another barn burner. Fuck Old Miss, but I will scheduling. say this, that I don't think Old Miss should sleep on Memphis. Memphis is not a great team, but it's one of those things that if you overlook them, well, I'll tell they're you what, a good enough football team that could bite you in the ass. It's played in Memphis. Memphis is 5-0 and on the year. And it'll be their Super Bowl. Yep, absolutely. Um, I mean, this is a game where you know we'll just learn if Old Miss is anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had the big win against Alabama, and then the heartbreaking loss against Florida. This is the kind of game, like you said, in you know, it's, you know, if Florida continues to roll. That loss may not look all that bad. Yeah, and you know, it's one of those. Ga- it could be a trap game. It's a trap, sure. But uh, anyway, I'm going to take uh, Ole Miss in that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mississippi State plays Louisiana Tech, another crappy non-con opponent for those mm-hmm. two. Uh, Mississippi State for me. Yep, I will agree with you. Then a good good matchup in the West. Alabama's going up against number ten. Alabama's going up against number nine. Texas A and M. This is where Texas A and M will either be forged in the crucible of college football into a real contender, or be shown to be the charlatan of college and football. I mean, I this is you Nick know, Saban. You know, Nick Alabama. <laughs> Alabama is obviously the the standard bearer, the the ruler that all other teams like to measure themselves by. Here's an opportunity to go head to head, and A and M, who is undefeated at this point. Is going to get that opportunity. Uh, what are you picking? I am going to. Where's it at? Uh, I believe it's at Kyle Field. Uh, oh God, fuck it! I'm picking Auburn. I mean, <laughs> well, they're not in that. Game. <laughs> I, that's why I'm picking the British. No, I'm picking Alabama. You're going to take Alabama. Yeah. Uh, I'll go. I'll go at A and M just to mix it up. I, I guess. just don't trust Summon Sumlin. Uh, let's see, Paul. Who who do you think is going to win this game? Alabama. Who? Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. Alabama. Okay. 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 We get it. All right. Uh, he gets really excited about yeah. every time we talk about Alabama. Uh, Vanderbilt, South Carolina. Now, this could be a battle of turds. Yeah, it's, in truth, Val, uh, Vanderbilt uh, has a chance to get a win here. Um, mm-hmm. and at times, Vanderbilt hasn't looked bad. Mm-hmm. What I mean, but I, that's they usually look really bad. So at times, they've looked bad. They've only looked bad. So right. that's a real compliment. Yeah. So I mean, in South you Carolina, tweet that to Vanderbilt football. They so, probably retweet it for you. <laughs> South Carolina, on the other hand, has looked. Um, not good, mm-hmm. and uh, so they they um, they have delved into looking bad at times, but have mostly looked not good. So mm-hmm. this is a you know there's a gray area here where they could you know the cross section could could uh, hit on the graft and uh, so could, what you're saying is if South Carolina plays bad mm-hmm. and Vanderbilt doesn't play very bad, it yeah, could be they a very just play even, not good. It could be an even matchup. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, who are you going to go with? Uh, they're both. Uh, Completely defeated in Where conference play. It's going to be in uh, South Carolina, assuming God is not torturing the entire state of South Carolina <laughs> with hurricanes. Um, I'll say South Carolina then. Okay. Um, fuck it. I'll take Vandy just to be. Uh, Why not? Yeah, curmudgeon. Uh, then our you know number eight now, uh, Florida Gators uh, six and zero are going up against LSU in Death Valley. Can this vaunted Florida defense stop? The unholy man-child that is Leonard Fournette. Yeah. That is the question in this game. Yeah, LSU is getting by despite not knowing how to pass forward uh, based on one of the greatest players in college football right now. And um, I I don't think – from what I saw of Florida, the team that beat Missouri this weekend – their offense isn't good enough to overcome what LSU is going to do to them, even though they I'm have a great defense. I'm taking I don't believe – I believe that defense, the defense of Florida is probably good enough to slow down Fournette. Not stop him, but slow him down. And if they do that, if if Greer could somehow, some way put up a couple touchdowns and get Fournette where, where LSU feels like they're in a position where they have to throw the ball, I feel like Florida could do it. Okay. Well, that brings us to uh, to our last game. University of Missouri is heading to Athens, Georgia, to play this Georgia Bulldogs. Bloodbath, Florida, uh, Georgia, 122-0. Well, let's say, not zero, three. You think we're going to get a field goal? Yeah, why not? Baggett could kick one from 73 yards, maybe. Yeah, sure. I mean, he did go for a long 55-yarder, and he just was outside off Mm -hmm. the right uh, goalpost. Yeah, um, I mean, there's no way in the world anyone in college football is going to pick Missouri to win, and I'm not going to go against everyone in the world. (laughs) No, that seems like bad math. Yeah, so... 
Uh, let's see here. I guess we got to ask our good friend Paul Mississippi Feinbaum. State. No, they're not playing they're not Paul. Playing Paul. Uh, who do you think is going to win against Missouri versus Georgia? Georgia. Okay. Uh, I think Georgia is going to win the East. I think we're a little late for that, Paul. I'm, yeah, yeah. I think you may that prediction may prove to be uh, uh, hot garbage, Paul. <laughs> Nick Saban. Yeah. Uh oh, it's breaking up again. Colin? Let's end the segment. Ugh, let's yeah. end the segment. He's smoking. Okay. All right. That'll be the end of the uh, around the SEC. Paul Fine, the Paul Feinbot is uh, sort of getting a little out of whack. So, All right, Colin. Well, that, that'll do it for, I guess, another week of the Mazad cast. Yeah. I kind of enjoyed this despite really, really, really not enjoying the football game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, these are more fun to record when we win. I will say that. Yeah, although I do like cussing and venting and yelling. Yeah, well, I do that my, whether I'm being recorded or not. It's one of my favorite things. So you know, what it, do we say about what do we? Is there anything about the Georgia Mizzou game we can say that it wasn't positive? We, yeah, I mean, is, is there any chance we have a win? Any chance that we go to Athens and do well, something special? Well, the one the only thing I can think of is Nick Chubb uh, destroyed his knee. Good uh, God! It was an ugly, ugly um, injury to Nick mm-hmm. Chubb, and uh, I don't think it's going to matter. Yeah, truthfully, before the game yesterday, you can't believe how optimistic I was. I was like, well, Georgia lost again. But not only did they lose, but they lost their star running back when we have to play them the next week. I was like, the sun seems to be rising yeah. on Mizzou once again. Like, here we go. We're going <laughs> to shock the world. We're going to bleep Florida. <laughs> you know, Georgia loses. Tennessee is garbage. South Carolina's garbage. I mean, we're I know, gonna, it's going to fall into our goddamn laps again. If we would have won that game, I told my wife, I said, this would catapult us into contention for another fucking SEC East title. But, of course, that. And then it, Paul Feinbaum's head would have exploded. And that did and not happen. No, it did not. If but, you didn't watch the game, we lost miserably. Yeah, indeed. But I, you know what? Before we go, let's, uh, again, shout out to our listeners. Uh, thank you so much for giving us um, uh, reviews on iTunes. More do of more, do more, more of, of that. We love it. We love to hear what you have to say. Take our survey again on our website because there's been a lot of crit- criticism of us, and we really enjoy that too, mm-hmm. uh, positive or negative. But make sure to only give us five-star reviews on iTunes. Sure, that's, sure. That's important. Helps us get sponsors and all that jazz. Uh, feel free to uh, tweet us at Mazodcast. Send us an email at Mazodcast at gmail.com and generally support and love us. Yeah, and uh, hey, watch you know, on your Saturday night, your Sunday during the day like we're doing today. Uh, you know, watch your Twitter timeline. We've maybe taken more calls. If Cor- if uh, Corey has any indication of the kind of caliber of high <laughs> fan potent. we'll get, well, we're ready to take that call. We'll take all the Corys we can get. So, <laughs> That's uh, right. Anyway, uh, it's been a lot of fun. This is the Mazodcast, despite our shitty team, M-I-Z. Go Tigers. Z-O-U. Yeah. Go Tigers. Two defense alignment, we get it.